0: Broadcasting live from WorkbenchCon 2022 in Atlanta, it's time for Organization Conversation. Brought to you by Wall Control Storage Systems. Wall Control gives you the storage and organization you crave. Hey everyone, welcome back to Organization Conversation. Um, I'm here with Stephanie from Uncommon Outpost slash also Wall Control, our wonderful co-host and we're excited to have Caleb here from You Can Make This Too. So um, yeah, Caleb, I, well, first of all, I love your channel and just the the name of it itself is awesome. It tells a story and it lets people, it, it already makes you comfortable with like what people are about to say uh, see. And I think that's, a really good way to lead into something um, when you're not overwhelmed, like you feel you feel like you're being patted on the back when you start. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, introduce yourself um, and let's start there.
1: Well, yeah, thank you, and thank you for having me on. Um, you can make this too. I, I'm glad that it does come across the way I hope, which is, and my goal with the content partly is to sort of be a pat on the back. My elevator with it, though, is you know to provide confidence, knowledge, and inspiration to people uh, through engaging and entertaining content to demystify the maker process so they realize that they can make this too. Maybe the caveat being maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but if you want to, you'll get there. Let's start with simple steps and get you there. And I guess the, uh, yeah, the much simpler way to say that would be, I just, I just try to pat people on the back and say, you can do
0: it. And awesome. I, I, I think about, uh, like Stephanie stuff you, I've seen you try. It's that, it's that same kind of, uh, personality that I think really engages with that. Like, I think I can do this and then you start going after it.
2: Yeah, and usually I can't until no, much I- much later. But, you know, it's it's nice and you, and you've shown some funny like bloopery failures before or or process like missteps in the process.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's a very important part of the process sure. to show and and share because so much of the time, you know, we want to filter ourselves down and uh, show it, it, there's this paradox where if you're trying to give some how-to instruction, you want to make sure you're showing people the right way and that they can get to success to encourage them but we have to accept that failure is part of the making process along the way and that's where the inspiration side comes in or the confidence rather On in my content is I always try to make sure I show mistakes with value and how to overcome it and make sure there's always a failing in the video. Not that I have to put a failing in. Yeah. Like there's plenty. I have to pick which ones stay. Exactly. Because, you know, to go back to that pat on the back and the encouragement, I know when people walk out in the shop and if they're uncomfortable, they're going to mess up and make a mistake. And I want them to know that that is a part of the process to just embrace and don't let that, you know, be a lie. You tell yourself of, well, I messed up and no one else does. I guess I'm not supposed to do this and just be like, no, that's part of the process. It happens to everyone happens. to Caleb every time. So, Then they should go out there not thinking, well, I've seen how everyone does it perfect. So I'm going to go and if I do this, it's going to go perfect. It's like, no, you're going to go out there and you're going to mess it up just like I do every time. And you're going to overcome it and have a sense of pride and have learned something. And
0: hopefully you don't make
1: that mistake again. That's something I struggle with. Yeah. (laughs) And it
0: takes, sometimes it takes a few, you know, a few slaps on the wrist by yourself to figure out, you know, I need to stop doing it this way. I mean, same thing at wall control. We, there's a ton of stuff we've tried that's flopped. And you, you don't, you don't necessarily, because we're not you know, making YouTube videos about a build necessarily, but you don't see all the failures that's, that you have to have. They're not, they're not failures, they're just lessons, like you've learned a lesson. There's just maybe your pride's hurt a little bit. That's, that's yeah. what you, know, might, you might define the failure as. But yeah, so how did you get into this, Caleb? What was your first failure? What, or, you know, what, what, what brought you to where you are now with such a great channel and uh, such a great audience?
1: Oh, that's that's. I mean, everything. I think yeah, the answer, exactly, everything yeah, I has brought me to where I am. So I was born <laughs> like, one day. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Was like, so my dad loved my mom, and yeah, um, exactly. And not sport. too much later was my first failure. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no. So I don't know. I have a, a very mixed kind of roundabout background that brought me here. I was in the military for six and a half years, engineer officer for the army. Um, when I grew up in construction and. After college, you know, went to Germany with military and couldn't do any of the making stuff I was used to working around, you know, changing houses and all that. Um, But to scratch the dish, I realized like, but anyone can do furniture and we need furniture and that's the way to get into it. So then I self taught myself furniture. That uh, was how I handled my downtime in Afghanistan. I got all the fine woodworking and popular woodworking magazines I could, found blogs, found some YouTube, and that was how I, that was my sanity check when I was downrange. And as soon as I, Got back and came back to the States. I set up my first shop in 2012 and got into doing hobbyist stuff that kind of came in and went some, uh, had some personal things happen, had to leave the military, spent a lot of time with attorneys, and decided that maybe that would be the next progression. I wanted to be a business owner, trying to find what business. So through my divorce, kind of demystified and destigmatized the legal. Field for me. And I was like, you know what? I feel like this would be an extension of what I've done as a staff officer. And I can take all these skills I've learned and move them forward. So instead of just like a start over and well, what was the last decade of my life? It's like, oh, okay, this is a progression, a continuation I like that. Um, I'd looked into being a furniture maker, but the economics at the time just didn't make sense for what I needed for my family and the way I wanted my career to run. So left the military, worked at a court for a year while I waited for law school to start. Went to law school about midway through. I had to start making again because if law school teaches you anything is how to be very neurotic. And I was yeah. just way too in my head I needed to get my hands on things again. So I like, you know, the tools I, I hadn't sold in the move, what I had left, I dug them back out. It's like, hey babe, sorry, can you just park outside sometimes? Like I need this and she's like, You do need it, whatever we need to do, awesome. I'm here to support you. So started making again. Um, stumbled on, I needed a a miter cart station. I was like, I'm tired of putting my miters on the floor. Um, so I was like, Oh, like there's the YouTube thing. Let me just go check that. I wasn't a YouTube watcher. And I found April Wilkerson's video on that and then Jay Bates and a few others. And then not too long later, I saw a video by Jay Bates where he explained, I'm not a woodworker and I've never made a dollar woodworking. I'm a content creator. And he explained that business Mm -hmm. and it hit me. I'm like, Oh, that actually is going to fit what I want out of being a business owner way better than owning a small firm in a small town is ever going to do. And halfway through law school with two toddlers and, you know, paralegal at a firm, I thought it was a great time to start a business. Yeah, it makes total sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, my uh-huh. wife, my wife traveled half the year for her job at the time. Yeah. That's a um, no better time. Yeah. Than no, when you're no, not busy at all, no better yeah. <laughs> time. And the idea was, is like, you know what? I've got 18 months until I graduate. So we're going to do this. And when I graduate, this is gonna work and I'm gonna do it or it's not and I'm gonna go sit at the bar and be an attorney. Well, eighteen months later, spoiler alert, here yeah, I am. Exactly. Yeah. But uh I, I won law school. I graduated with honors. So it's definitely not a I didn't think I could hack it. This is what I wanted to do, so I didn't sit at the bar and been doing this full time since awesome. May twenty eighteen when I graduated. And
0: that's amazing.
1: Here here we are. It's just been, you know, Failing forward for yeah, a I, years. Yeah, and I
0: love how you've taken your entire life experience and layering that into getting where you're at. Like, you you found all these pieces and put them together and all these expertise and uh, not vantage points, but I guess experiences that brought you to where you're at now. You know, it's not a... You didn't go this way and that way and that way. You let them all sum up to where you're at today, so...
1: Yeah, and even tiny... Like, as a small business owner, it's fantastic to have a lot degree in my back pocket. And oh, knowing I, that, I built... Uh, the latter half of my law school career to making sure I did intellectual property law and corporate law and business law and tax law and contracts and everything I knew I was going to need, which has been fantastic. Then I also took that, packaged it into a startup law class for makers that I've given here at Workbench oh, before awesome. and Haven and Spring Make and that's really good. I didn't even think about to, that.
0: Like the value that con, like the because there's a whole legal side of it too that you don't you know a lot of it's uh, you know brand building and. SEO and how to use TikTok and all that. But you, you, there is the legal aspect you have to pay, pay close attention to.
1: Yes, very much so. And my opener to that is always, um, you don't decide what a business is. The government does. And you might have one and not know it. And that has consequences. Yep. Don't be scared of them. Just here's a little information. It's not as scary as you think it should be. So I just want to kind of, again, break the stigma and demystify that a little bit. Give some people some comfort level so they know what they need to go research and when to talk to an attorney when they need to get a CPA, which is already, and you know, because my big thing is, don't worry too much about the liability, almost no one's going to sue you, but you don't want to get blacklisted and everyone has to pay their taxes, so don't mess up your taxes, that's the one that's going to get you But, but otherwise, don't worry about someone watching your video and suing you because what you put in the video, that's never probably never, well, I say never, probably yeah. never going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't be your fear, but your fear should be making sure your taxes are good. Exactly. And, uh, you know, that you're, you got any licenses and business entities so your city doesn't come after you find out you've been running a, a business in your house that they don't like yeah. or that you have your neighbor, uh, even your neighborhood,
0: like you're, say you're in a community that yeah. can't have something like that. You know, it's, you got to, you, you want to make sure you're paying attention to the not fun stuff uh, to do the fun stuff. Exactly.
1: Like Bob Claggett on his podcast a few years ago, talked about when he moved from Georgia back to his hometown. So we moved states from Georgia to, to Kentucky, thought he had everything set up, went into the city to, to pay some licenses or whatever he had to two years after he'd been there and then been like, Oh, but you don't have this. Like, here's all your penalties and fines because oh, yeah. you owe us all this money. Cause it's like, I, I didn't even know, like, where was I supposed to learn this? It's like, well, you have a business, so you're just supposed to know. It's yeah.
0: Like, you just like, beam it down like, into your head out of the sky. Like, so yeah, like, sorry,
1: I wasn't trying to avoid anything.
0: I just, I just didn't know. Exactly. So, yeah.
1: So yeah, try to give some of those resources to people
0: there. Cool. So what, uh, you got any exciting builds coming up, anything you're working on that want to share with the, uh, our customer base, our audience? A few.
1: So, uh, just to kind of tie it in a little bit more about me, I have a double-headed brand where I do commission furniture work and then also the content. So it's one business, two brands. You Can Make This Two doesn't really sell, pay me a lot to do it yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah. So I've got, <clears throat> I've got a separate brand to do that all makes that sense. work under. And uh, the commissions have slowed down a little bit. It seems to be very ebb and flow and seasonal so right now i'm finally making all the furniture i've promised my wife for years i figure you know as a custom furniture builder our mattress should not still be on the floor uh-huh it's, it's know, the, the
0: painter's to... house never gets the paint man yeah That's exactly the, i know like I, the... I was uh, out out in the uh, lobby there talking to some some folks and it's like i moved into a new house and because they were telling me like oh i i've got the i've got wall control but i haven't put it up yet and i'm like. I lived in my house for a year before I got it in my garage. So I can't, you know, no judgment cast. Like I almost want like an episode on that. Just like how long Could it actually takes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. So i am finally delivering that. My wife's amazing. She uh, works from home and sews. That's her hobby. Uh, made her some furniture for that years ago that she's outgrown and doesn't fit the space. So what I'm working on right now is getting her some, uh, Better organization, in her space, a new yeah. set of cabinets and bar, and a new cutting table, and all that. Uh, doing our bedroom suite, but then the big upcoming project that's occupied all my mind space is we're going to to put in a large in-ground pool and a massive pergola and pool house that'll be partially enclosed. Can I do
0: that too? You can.
1: (laughs) There will be multiple series on everything that's going to involve. Um, I'm going to convince you you can do it, but you might not want to.
0: Right. And even if you don't, it's good to know how, so you can pay attention to who is doing the...
1: Exactly. I
0: can, if that made sense. I've
1: outsourced very little work <clears throat> excuse me I often get very disappointed whenever I outsource work mm-hmm. and then I turn that into a story just of hey if you do go this route here's here's what you do. you need to know and uh I mean who doesn't like pools and outdoor oh, spaces sure. and outdoor kitchens so whether you're ever going to do it or anyways I think it's going to be you know a lot of really fun engaging content about Definitely. things people are interested in like you see a pool ever wonder how it how it ends up there well Seriously, I mean, yeah if nothing else you're gonna probably learn way more than you ever wanted to know about exactly pools and pavilions and timber timber framing is going to be the fun part. Uh, I've always wanted to do that. And it took me too long to realize the pavilion could be timber framed. Yeah. So I did the workshop here and that was helpful. And that's going to be a whole new process I've never done before. Awesome. Some so I fun to failures, pitch. I'm sure. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My thing is I'm a, I'm a beginner making content for beginners, which I think there's a lot of value of learning something from an expert but also learning from someone who still has all the same fears you have, because they're not so old that they forget what they were concerned about when they first started. Right. I'm still there, so I try to make sure I capture that content whenever I do new things that I can, so I can speak to beginners as a beginner, addressing the things you're sweating about because I am too. I don't dismiss that anymore now that I'm comfortable.
0: Gotcha. Because I'm awesome. not comfortable yet. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I believe me, I get it. And stuff probably same for you, which is, I mean, you're you, you trying things that there's no in uncharted territories, I guess is what yeah, I'll say.
2: Pretty, pretty much every time I try something, it's to, to see if it's possible. So I'll take something that I something that I know I can do, but try to do it in a way that I, I don't know if it's possible. And uh, a lot of times it's not, spoiler. Yeah. Um, but, you know, hey, yeah. you have to fail to... Every time you fail at something, it just gives you an idea of how you, you can do something else yeah, you're or failing how forward. you can make something yeah. better. So,
1: yeah. It's like, I hate the question. When did you feel like you made it and you've got your hands on it. Cause it's like, I don't, I never have. Like, yeah. is that I still happening? Don't, is that going to happen? I'd like, <laughs> w- like you, please tell me when I'm going to feel that way. And it, it wasn't until uh, last year. I think it finally hit me. It was like, Oh, every project I'm always pushing, like every time I do something, it's something I've never done before. So I've never had that repetition of establishing comfort because I'm always doing something I've never done. Then step back and realize like I've I've actually become quite competent at a lot of things. Yeah. But that's not the focus. I just take that for granted and then push forward on something new that I just make myself feel like an idiot about because yeah, I've never awesome. done it and just messed it up.
0: I think that's what makes uh you know again we're at WorkbenchCon what what makes this community unique is like the ability or the the lack of fear going and trying to accomplish something you've never done before. And and letting everything you do be a new thing versus just getting comfortable and staying in that comfort zone. So, well, cool. Um, so back to organization. How does organization play a role in helping you uh, you know, accomplish these projects and stay stay on schedule and on, on task?
1: Absolutely. So I'm very blessed to have my dream shop now. Before that, uh, not too long ago, I was in a two-car garage. And I used to get comments about, I can't believe how organized you are. And my response was, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, in, in this space, like I, I can't function if I'm not organized because I don't have room to be disorganized. And uh, wall control was a huge, huge help for that. I really struggled, and then I was able to put in a fairly large wall control wall. I want to say it ended up being about uh, six by five feet or so, and that freed up so much space. And the biggest thing is I have this concept of always trying to store your tools at the location they're used. Yeah, That was an error I made where I was trying to group like things. Mm. But then it turned to like, oh, you know, all my power tools should be here, all blades should be there, all the stuff for whatever should be here, but nothing was where I used it. Exactly. So then I spent all the time walking around my shop and uh, setting up the wall control was one way that helped me put store things where they're used instead of where they're like their neighbors, which uh, was a organization shift. And then all the accessories you have, have helped that. And then that's, I took, you know, I had the one wall in a very small shop now I have a big shop and I've been able to scatter my wall control everywhere. So I've got my panel by my CNC. I've got my panel by my bandsaw. I've got uh, more panels over by my miter saw station, which is general collection. But then I can take all the things I use at those machines and have them stored at the machine. Awesome. And just, uh, you know, all the shelves and bins and accessories you have yeah, to make that I, really easy without having to build a custom cabinet for
0: every tool I have where I want to keep that stuff there. Absolutely. And I appreciate you making that point about, uh, and this is, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to bring value to all, you know our listener and our customer. Like, I don't think a lot of people think you don't have to store like... Light tools with light tools, put them where you're going to use them. It's a completely different, it's such a subtle shift, but it makes a big difference in efficiency when you're going about your business and, you know, whatever project you happen to be working on. And we get inadvertently deceived into doing that because it
1: looks beautiful right. and it's really good for marketing. And so whenever you see stores and displays and in yeah. caps or go to trade shows, that's the way everything's arranged because it's very pleasing to the eye, but you know, that's, that's marketing to, to sell it to you that's not functional exactly. to use it so you know we make it look like that because it looks cool and it's just what we're used to seeing but
0: it's not take, it's I, not
1: the right approach for a workshop and workflow
0: exactly I even you know from our um, from our side as a, as a manufacturer and distributor of our brand I learned a lot from Amazon and how they do things and I didn't realize this is just like beside the point yeah. but to that same point they when new products come in, they randomly put them wherever there's empty space. Nothing is organized. They know where it is because they have the technology to do that, but they figure they're going to be picking at random, so they might as well randomize where new materials flow in. So, it, what? You know, yeah, it's not it's not in order. It's just empty spot. It goes there. Empty spot. It goes. So you're putting stuff in the shelf as quickly as possible, and by function of the randomness of it, you're not moving anymore to pick it. So it's crazy. Yeah. You know? But it, yeah, I mean, yeah. So. so the
2: the organization is the unorganization. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's like a yeah crazy like re- reversal of uh, logic that makes it work even yeah. better. So well, it
1: makes <laughs> in a way it makes a lot of sense because oh, totally, your organization yeah. becomes the knowledge management. It's just the keeping track of because if you think about it, it doesn't really matter if like exactly. things are together. You still have to know exactly where it is. Mm-hmm. So if that exactly where it is is beside the things like it, or a scattered among. Completely unrelated things when most orders are going to be a group of a bunch of unrelated things, anyways. Yeah, it's like the, it's the, 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 the limiting savings, factor yeah.
0: becomes, yeah, it's the, it's the knowledge of it. And so it's like that was the limiting factor was not, it, you weren't able to do that. And now you can, anyways, yeah. we're. And yeah, that's, anyone that's who's
1: it. been into a, a grocery store or a home improvement warehouse knows that. While it seems natural to put like things together, there's still those things where are like, there's five places in this store that might be because I don't know what you associated with, with and you exactly. laid it out. And I looked at all of them and there was in none of them. Yes. And I still just don't know where to look for this stupid thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's hilarious,
0: man. Yeah. So
2: I struggle with that at the grocery store. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> Every like, time. <laughs> I'm like, where's pumpkin? Is it with the other root vegetables or boards or is it with the pie things or is it with the yeah. – like?" Every grocery store puts canned pumpkin in a different place. It's like,
1: why is the glue with the paint and not in hardware with the fasteners? It's like, oh, well, because it's by the tape. So they're both adhesives and you mask. So, yeah, all the duct tape, and then because all the sticky things are there, then the glue went there, too, by the paint, even yeah. though you don't associate glue and paint at all. But, yeah. sh- sure, it makes sense. But then you could also go, right, it secures things, so it should be by all the screws and bolts, because that's how we hold things together is tape yeah. and glue. But but it's not there. Exactly. Well, you know,
2: now you're making me feel bad because my tape... It- My tape and my glue and my paint are all in the same cabinet, but because that's where they are in the hardware store, so I associate them with those things being together. I never use glue and tape or glue and paint at the same time.
0: That's a pretty good organization, hack. If you arrange your shop like the hardware store and assuming they keep it relatively the same, then you'll know where to go in the hardware store.
2: But... um, well, yeah, but unless you go to a different store. That's true.
0: We were talking about that yesterday. So, yeah. But I
2: uh, I was listening to an or, a, a different don't fire me organization <laughs> podcast <laughs> where uh, she the lady was saying that when you're going to put stuff away, you ask yourselves like you ask yourself three questions and the first one was if I was looking for this where would I look for it? Mm-hmm. And that's where you put it.
0: I think that's great. I try to do that with like my inbox and like all my folders. Yeah. If I w- if I went to go find something somewhere else and I put it somewhere else, I'll change it to that thing I look for that's the first smart. time because that's like yeah. your knee jerk reaction. So, man, we've really like this might be the most organization conversation we've had. Yeah, think, this is like a full
2: it, episode on this is
0: exactly yeah this is this is great stuff, Caleb. So, well, yeah. cool. Well, um, we don't want to take up too much of your time, man. Um, tell everybody where they can find you and. Uh, I know we've talked around it the whole episode, but how can they find you Um, and kind of what would your ideal customer look like so that we can try to make that connection. If we have anybody looking for, you know, work you're doing.
1: Yeah. So you can make this too. That's my brand. You can find me at, you can make this or YCMT 2com which is my, my logo and everything, but I have both. And then you can make this too on pretty much any social media, most prevalent on Facebook, YouTube and Instagram. As far as the, uh, ideal, Clients, I guess I kind of have two, so on my content side, pretty much anyone who wants to make things, and and I do a lot of tip and technique and comparison stuff as well as a whole lot of projects just from a very – the feedback I always get is whenever I want to really know how to do something and be encouraged to do it and get the step-by-step and all the details – like, that's when I go to you can make this you like when right when I want like if I want to build a cabinet and I see you have a cabinet video, I know that's going to answer all my questions. I'm not sure it's going to be like, well, it was really cool watching him build a cabinet, but I still don't know how to build a cabinet. Yeah. But that was fun and I'm entertained, but I don't know how to build that. Yeah. Like I watch you because I know I'm going to be entertained, but I'm also going to know how to build my cabinet. And more than that, I'm going to go know why I need to build mine differently. Like, I don't know how you teach me that, but I, I know why I don't want to do it like you do. Yeah. Because you gotcha. just you, you educated me in that process. So um, if, if you want to learn about how and why I'm big on the why, that's that's what I deliver in my content. And then as far as uh, custom furniture, uh, I really like doing mixed media. I do a lot of dining tables. So if you're looking for some really crazy dining tables, then just whatever is more interesting, I get more interested, and then I, I want to do it. So awesome. concrete, steel, epoxy, Lego, whatever you can Dream think of that you want to put in there. But I also super enjoy getting into the fine Joinery and doing more Japanese and Nakashima kind of style inspired stuff. So that's like what my dining table is. And
0: yeah, gotcha. I don't know I just like to make things. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's, I mean, you can, anybody listening would take that away yeah. for sure.
1: Ask me to make something I've never made before. If you ask me to make something I've already made, I'm going to be bored. But if you yeah. just ask me to make something I've never made that's going to make me feel stupid because I'm going to mess it up and not <laughs> and got to have to, you know, stay up late trying to figure out how to make this
0: work. That's, that's what, that's the that's that's a what a excites sweet spot me. right there. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on, Caleb. I hope uh, you have a good rest of the workbench con and it's been this has been fun.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been great. Yeah,
0: appreciate it.
2: Thank you for joining us. Organization Conversation is brought to you by Wall Control, a family-owned and operated producer of best-in-class wall-mounted organizers for your home or business, made right here in the USA. To learn more, go to
0: wallcontrol.com.